What's going on, everybody? This is Troy Pryor, founder of Creative Cypher and host of the Cypher Live podcast, where we interview thought leaders and creative entrepreneurs. And today, we got a very talented brother with us, Jewel Taylor, the creator of They Clone Tyrone. Jewel, thanks for joining us. What's up, man? What's going on? Man, I'm good, brother. Uh, you know, you went to USC with some fam, some friends over that way. Uh, spoke very highly of you. I know we we know a lot of the same folks, so it's always good to be in presence of uh, some dope creators, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. So, um, you know, it's really dope that this project is coming out, man. Uh, and and a lot of our uh, creators and filmmakers are always interested in the process and like, what was that process like? What, or what is it? Let's start. A, how does it feel? You know, your feature film directorial debut to see this project from idea all the way through completion. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's. I'm still kind of in the you know, uh, worker phase of it. You know, it's it's not out yet. You know what I mean? So it's still like a lot of managerial things going on, like housekeeping kind of stuff. So you know, I, I haven't even had a time to like really just sit back and kick it. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Cause you know it, it it goes from one phase to another kind of you know they kind of overlap from you know pre-production to production then you in post then you in marketing then you in publicity and so it's like it, they all kind of bleed over into each other and overlap and so you know you're always kind of like <laughs> trying to put out fires you know what I mean and so uh, you know I, it still feels like I'm just like in the middle of doing it you know even though the movies complete you know what i mean it still feels like i'm working on it because i am you know tangentially you know in a way but you know so i haven't necessarily had that like sit back and like reflect on it kind of time at all man so the work is continuing on you know um mm -hmm. a lot of our creators they may look at the finished product or um, you know, just understand surface level views, but there's just so much about it. So you as a, as a creator, as a person, as you know, how do you balance all of that out with being the creator of the project, but also, uh, or, you know, on the creative side of it, but also needing to manage the business aspects that you just, you know, spoke to. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I think the business aspect really, truly like, like not necessarily business I'm a I'm a lump in like I mean there's the creative side and then there's like everything else and so like the business and the management, you know, um, and kind of the you know people side of it, you know, in terms of just dealing with different personality like things that just aren't creative, you know, but are very much like paramount to the movie turning out okay you know what i'm saying i feel like those things are like 75 percent of it actually so it's, it's really hard to um lock in on the creative stuff you know what i'm saying even when you're on set you know what i mean it's, there's so many things that are extracurricular you know what i'm saying and so i think like with the business of it all and the management of it all just the housekeeping of it all you know i mean it, it really is like I'm trying to make sure that you are aggressive about, you know, making room to, you know, to still to still be creative. If that makes sense, it's like it's easy on set. If that makes sense, like because like there is there is time allotted for you to be creative. You go, you direct, even though things still pull your attention away. Even then, 
but it's actually harder in, in like post-production and like, you know, uh, pre-production. It's, it's, it's hard to not to get bogged down with the logistics, you know what I'm saying? And then like, it's easy to lose sight of why you're excited about it in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Because, you know, there's so many logistics, there's so many things that make you have to tweak creative decisions as a result of like logistical, you know, like realities, right? And so, you know, I think a lot of it is just like trying to, uh, you know, appropriate some time to just like clear your mind, relax, you know what I'm saying? And get in the kind of mindset to be creative, you know? Um, Because if you don't like, you know, for me, I just like, I I always find time to play video games, even though I was shooting on set, like I come shoot 12 hours and then I'll, Oh, sorry about this cat. You know, <laughs> you know, it's all good. They, you know, they want to make an appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so you, you know, I would, you know, I would like come home from set and and, and play some video games. You know what I'm saying? Because you really got to like clear your mind of like that business, managerial, logistical side of it, so that you can be creative. You got to find mm-hmm. something that like can mellow you out and like kind of relax you a little bit. So I usually would just play video games, you know, stuff like that, listen to music, just to try to make give, create some room in my mind to like focus back on the creative. Yeah, I really appreciate um, the this notion of creating space. You know, um, the self awareness to know that there's a lot of business, the business of show, but you know that in order for you to operate at full capacity. And you got to create some space for you to, you know, feel free to do that. But then you also got to balance out the business so that it can exist. And that becomes a challenge for a lot of rising creators or just entrepreneurs in general that have an amazing idea, but they got to take care of all of the other aspects of it. And sometimes it can pull away from their creativity and that can become a challenge. Um, so, you know, just thinking of, on the creative side of things, you know, what was the inspiration? I know you were co-wrote the screenplay. What was the inspiration for the story? What can, what can you tell us? Uh, I mean, really, you know, like it, it kind of came from two places, you know, um, like thematically, like this, just question of, you know, what's the difference between blame and responsibility? You know what I mean? Just thinking about like, close friends of mine growing up and kind of how a few of their trajectories kind of, like diverged, you know what I'm saying? And some some of it was like outside of their control, you know what I mean? Um, without, you know, getting too deep into it, you know, but it was like some things outside of their control, but nonetheless, it like, you know, derailed kind of what they had going on and like seeing how it affected them and, you know, seeing like my perspective on it, you know what I mean? Over time, over the years of seeing how it affected them and like, it just stuck with me, you know what I'm saying? Of just like how privilege plays a role in that, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and, and and how I lacked, you know, empathy at certain times, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't understand that like some people were depressed, you know what I'm saying? I didn't realize, I was like, hey, what's going on? Because I, I just know you're smart, you're talented, like, you know what I'm saying? You're so creative, you know, you got so much going for you that I know that, you know, you can, you can, do anything you want to do, even though like what you were, the path you were on might've got derailed for reasons outside your control. 
And I'm frustrated with you because I'm like, man, you you way too smart to like let this just, you know what I'm saying, take over your life. But not realizing that like they was dealing with depression, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so like just having my perspective changed on that, you know, and then that plus like just wanted to make this bootleg Scooby-Doo movie, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, like putting that like kind of personal side on on a story, you know, on the on a story structure, on a framework, you know what I'm saying, kind of help helped us come up with like the story of it all, you know, instead of just necessarily the plot. So, you know, I think it was really like taking these like dark ideas that I was like thinking about a lot and and trying to make them palatable, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, man, you obviously apply some of your own lived experience into um the why, like the ethos of the story itself. And, and, um, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people that will resonate. Those things will resonate. Cause I, I appreciate the, that's that self-awareness or that realization. Like you see individuals doing dope things and you're like, man, they at the top of the class or they're doing amazing things. They got everything lined up for them and not realizing what they may be going through. Cause you never know, you never know what someone's going through and why they may be um navigating life the way that they are and sometimes we do need those reminders so as a creator uh it sounds like this will be a project that can help um remind some folks that you know people may be going through some things as well um you know for sure for sure um so this project you know this project came through i believe it came through on the blacklist uh lab what was that experience like um being on one of the lists and then you know, getting getting some uh, some support from Macro and moving forward. How was that? What was that process like? Oh, cool, man. Like, it, it didn't go through the lab, you know. Um, we actually, you know, it's, um, it's interesting, man. We we, we, um, we pitched it without a script, believe it or not. Wow, okay. Yeah, so we pitched it without a script. And, like, it, it, it got on the blacklist a little bit later down in its life cycle, funny enough. Okay. Um, kind of a, a weird way get on the blacklist, but it was cool though, man. I, I, um, I've actually, I've met Franklin twice now. The, the guy who runs the blacklist, he's super nice, you know, um, just a super cool dude, man. And, uh, you know, like setting it up with Macro was, um, that was super cool too, man. We had a um, relationship with him prior because we were working on a TV show with him actually. So we, we knew him and uh, when we took it out and we pitched, you know, we pitched to all the studios, you know, the Warner Brothers, Paramounts, et cetera. And we pitched it to, you know, Macro. And we actually went with Macro because they offered us the most creative freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, they offered us the most uh, protection in our contracts, right? So, you know, we, you know, we, we kind of just took the, we took the most artistically friendly deal artist friendly deal you know what i'm saying um as opposed to uh other places that were you know not that i didn't think they would necessarily want to um have us make it and see it through but like there was the possibility of you know you got kill fees in the contract and stuff like that so there was possibilities of maybe they just take the script and get someone else to direct it you know what i mean if they if they change their mind and then you can do about it you know what i'm saying so with macro yeah, they really were like had a lot of protection, you know what I mean? And so 
that's how we end up going with macro. We ultimately end up going to Netflix after that. Once you know, once they went back for co-financing, that's when we took it back to the studios for a second round, and that's how we ended up, you know, with a with a bigger studio partner. Okay, dope. So definitely a process. And shout out to Charles King and everything they're doing over at Macro. Grateful to um, I'm grateful to have met them uh, several years ago at Sundance. Got a chance to meet with them as well. So definitely appreciate what they're doing for the industry and creating, you know, opening up doors for sure. That's an amazing thing. You know, um, you know, a lot of our creators that are, you know, bringing their projects to life. Sometimes they they run into some roadblocks trying to make it happen you know what, what's some advice you would give a rising creator uh when they hit certain roadblocks the inevitable roadblocks that will come up uh, <laughs> they definitely come up you know um honestly i mean i feel like it's it's not really like you know very unique advice but i mean i think like not getting discouraged is like half the battle really you know what i mean because like it took a couple of years to cast it. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was a lot of, you know, this movie was, you know, we pitched it five or six years ago, you know? Um, and any number of things kind of just kept coming up, you know what I'm saying? Like, like difficulty in like, you know, securing the cast, you know what I mean? And like, you know, we like quick, you know, like for example, like we, 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 we wanted Tiana day one, you know, but she had other, scheduling conflicts you know what i mean and so it for a while it looked like we wouldn't get her you know she went she shot Candyman. she went she shot wandavision you know what i'm saying like she went and shot whole things but like believe it or not in the time that she did all of that we still hadn't locked the cast in so she shot all of that and we weren't ready to go yet you know what i mean so it was like super like discouraging you know what i'm saying for a long time like of like having momentum and then it slows down you know what i'm saying i think like a you know, trying to stay the course and not get discouraged is like the hardest part, really. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I, I would say like, I don't really have any good advice because like, you know, it's hard to act it. Like, because the, the best advice is like to, to really like, is to just try to ignore as best you can, like, you know, anything but like the creative, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the the only thing that we kept doing was like you know working on the story and like what what we could do inside of our control you know what i'm saying because we were kind of at the mercy you know what i mean then COVID happens and you're at the mercy and so yeah i was gonna say man it wasn't like anything happened in 2020 to slow things oh, no, down. I mean, <laughs> something else came and slowed it down by a couple of years you know uh <laughs> something else happened that for sure you know elongated the timeline so you know i think it's it's hard to stay engaged when you know i mean COVID happens you're like uh oh this no no you know what i'm saying like right. shoot um we were we were location scouting when everything got shut down you know what i mean and like you know it, it just you know we were down for eight months you know, almost right before we ended up shooting again, you know, um, we didn't end up shooting till December, you know what I'm saying? Um, we were down six months before we even went to pre-production, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think we, you know, we, we had a lot of roadblocks, you know what I'm saying? And there's no real clean answer of how to deal with it other than to, you know what I'm saying? 
you know, try your best to, you know, block out the things you can't control, you know. So what I'm hearing is the roadblocks are going to come. It's going to be challenges, the ones that you think of and the ones that may come out of nowhere. But if this is something that you really want to do, um, you really got to focus on what you have the uh, capacity to control. And and I'm a firm believer that energy begets energy, right? If you put out that right energy, you can attract um the right resources and the right people around you. Yeah, that's kind of tangential to what you, the question you just asked. But I mean, I do think that like putting it out in the universe helped it keep going. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the, 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 you know, whether you want to call it the law of attraction or just like you just start doing stuff that just like kind of adds up. But like, you know, put once we like really like formally was like, all right, we're going to try to make this movie and like, that's when it started getting any momentum at all. Cause it wasn't, you know, like I said, we pitched it and I, we didn't have a script when we pitched it, right? Like uh, when we sold it to Macro, it was just a verbal pitch. And it was like, part of the reason I, that we sat on the idea for a while is because we hadn't written a script yet. And a couple of people that I knew, you know, friends of mine that like that I'd met, you know, working as a screenwriter had been trying to get me to pitch this idea for a while. And I was like, ah, I'm gonna write the script first, you know? and you know, we were we were like, you know, just working on different projects and like, like when are you gonna really carve out the time to like write this realistically for free, you know, on spec, you know? And so like I had a conversation with a friend of mine, he was like, man, just, you know, basically was saying like, just get it, forget that, just pitch it, bro. Trust me, just come pitch it, you know? And we finally said, all right, man, we gonna, you know what? We gonna just try to make this and we, we gonna pitch it. We gonna, we just gonna go for it. And once we like made up our minds to go for it, that's when things started happening. You know what I'm saying? And like once we decided to put that energy out there, that like we were gonna like give it a you know a, a legitimate attempt to get it made, things started moving. Man, man, it sounds so reminiscent of uh, another filmmaker uh, in the past. He's talked about making that decision, like making that, and it's not just about film, but just in life. Like when you're making that decision to do something versus being at the mercy of uh, the universe. It's like, it conforms for you. So when you make that decision, that's what I'm hearing. So for those out there listening, you got a dope idea, you got a great concept and our mind plays tricks on us. And you know, the, the systems may be set up in a way to make things more challenging, but uh, you gotta take that first step and you never know what can come after you take that first step. Obviously, you got a masterpiece because I'm hearing some great things about it, man. I know you're still in the work yeah. mode right now. First, decide that you know, <laughs> let other people judge how good it is or not. <laughs> word, word. So you worked on a lot of dope projects, man. But you know, what's it feel like to transition from uh, previous roles on projects to your feature film directorial debut? Uh, I mean, honestly, it's it's. It's wildly different, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like screenwriting has a certain lifestyle in terms of just like, you know, you're working from home and like you're kind of siloed, you know what I'm saying? So you really don't, you really don't have to interface with a lot of people too often, right? Like when you're screenwriting. I mean, I mean, not TV obviously is totally different, but like, you know, I, I, I haven't like written too much TV outside of like our own stuff that we, that we like took out, but 
you know, on the screenwriting tip, you know, you're kind of alone, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, you're going from, you know, me and my writing partner just like at the crib, just procrastinating, writing, trying to get, you know what I'm saying? Just trying to be productive and just doing it day by day, living almost like a, it's almost like you're unemployed, but obviously, you know, you're at work, but it doesn't feel like, you know, because you, you are so much at your own autonomy and you can, you can set your schedule. You know, you wake up at noon if you want to, you could start writing at 6 PM. If you want to, you can write at midnight, you can do whatever you want. You just have a deadline versus the complete opposite of, you know, obviously again, I went to school for directing, you know, but they're so different, you know, in terms of just like suddenly you have to manage hundreds of people. You have to have hundreds of meetings and most of them, you know, you're not really talking about creative things. It's it's creative adjacent, but like you're talking about logistics. And so just a very wildly different. And then when you get to post, it's completely like people management you know, interfacing with the studio, dealing with notes, learning how to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> learning how to like reject the note <laughs> in a way that like it sticks and the note doesn't just come back to you a week later in a different, <laughs> with different semantics behind mm-hmm. it. It's saying, you know what I mean? Like, like getting what you want is the hardest part, you know, like, like, and it's not as hard in writing because you kind of have a different understanding, you know, like when I'm, when I, when I'm writing, you know, you, you are, I'm at service of, you know, unless it's something original that we probably wrote on spec or we pitched, but like that's very rare compared to like an open writing assignment or someone hired you and it already has a director or the studio already knows what they want. Now you're writing, you're, you know, you're writing to service whoever hired you or whoever the director is or who the producer is. In most cases, you're trying to service someone else's vision, right? And so it's very easy to do that. Cause you, cause mentally, you already understand. You already know what the game is. You know, you know what I'm saying. You know the scope before you even take the job. You want me to do this, this, and this. All right, how you want me to do it? Okay, got you. I'm gonna do my best to like give you what you want. Versus like directing, especially when it's something that is original. You are trying to get them to bend to your will in a lot of ways, right? Mm. And that's just a whole different skill set of not creating it, but like you could have again, you you shot it, it's done. But now you you trying to make the movie because the movie ain't what you shot and you know what I mean? it's like you know it's, like, you could have it in the can it could still turn out way different than you saw it. Mm. It's just like editorial choices sometimes are can be wildly diverging. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have um, you know you have the um, you know the added complexity of extra cooks in the kitchen, right? Just no matter where you make a movie, you know, no matter where where it is, you're going to have execs, you know, people who are above you, you, you know, unless you're Quentin Tarantino, unless you're somebody who got final cut, like you're going to have to really manage the team of people who is managing your project. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to manage the managers too, you know what I'm saying? Otherwise they're just going to manage you. You know what I'm right. saying? Like it's wildly different, you know what I mean? Yeah, I heard um cousin of my a cousin of mine that works in politics put it like this. He was like, you might, you know, you got all the game, you got all the book smarts, but this is when you get this is when you get a PhD in managing people. You know, for sure. For yeah, sure. Really, that's <laughs> that is like, like I said, going back, like that there's definitely more of that than it is like you sitting down and just like doing what you really feel like doing. 
Absolutely. Well, listen, bro, listen, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, talk a little bit about the journey to create this project, some of the backstory behind it, inspiration. Uh, you know, just let the folks know a little bit of how they can stay in tune with what you got going on and coming up and, you know, follow you on social and all of that. I ain't got no social, but, <laughs> you know, but you can, you know, the movie come out in theaters July 14th. So, that you know, that's actually not very widely publicized right now, but that's a different story. But like, it's coming out in theaters July 14th. Limited, obviously, you know, like a hundred screens, um, but it'll be in all the big cities, you know, like LA, New York, Chicago, you know, Atlanta, Houston, you know, like most of the major metropolitan areas will have, you know, if you have like a, a Alamo draft house or like an IPIC, like, you know, those kind of boutique theaters. So it'll have, mm -hmm. a, it'll have a one week exclusive theatrical run before it gets to Netflix in a hundred cities. Um, and then, uh, July 21st, it comes on Netflix. Dope. Well, I'll be tuning in. Hopefully we can catch something in Chicago um, at one of those um, one of those boutique theaters if possible. Again, uh, thank you for taking the time to join us. Hope you all out there listening got some gems from the brother. You can apply it to your own creative pursuits. I uh, appreciate you all and peace. I appreciate it.